Hey guys, and yeah. welcome to the Talkback. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> welcome to the Talkback episode after the Embrace episode two. Why did you start helping this all of a sudden? Huh? <laughs> because I got to press the big green button until it turned to the big red button, and I had to start talking before you did. So we're doing impromptu, impromptu intros now. Yeah. Keep you on your toes. <laughs> I can't express a little jive you just did in his seat then. It'll be a gif one day. I'll, I'll recreate it. Material girl. Middle of the potatoes. Material girl. Oh, yeah. It's been a minute. It's I hope been... you guys enjoyed that episode, by the way. I mean, I know this probably came out a week, a month, a year, 10 years after the episode came out. but The back chat will be the week after. which So Embrace mm-hmm. episode two will come out next week. Monday. Do you know what? Wait, pause this. Go back, listen to episode two again. Welcome back, guys. <laughs> well done. Wait for your Spotify uh, ads to go by. You broke ass homies. <laughs> <laughs> Pay for premium. Get a family plan. Get five friends. It's $3 a month. I gotta eat. <laughs> These fuel prices. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. But yeah, it's been like a solid minute. I remember the embrace came about like so, like so quickly because i was like you know it'd be really cool it's like if i just did like with just two people and i was like well i've got a sky marker because though because it came from the order the order 1886 i remember watching the videos on that i was like i'll do something like that and that first episode was super fun and we left that on a wild cliffhanger which was the the bodies in the forest did you release that episode how soon after we recorded it did you release it within a week the following week literally so well we recorded that one Around New Year's. That one was uploaded on Spotify yeah, the right. 10th of January. Holy. Holy, holy shit. shit. It's been like three yeah. months. Do you know how hard it is to maintain a character in my brain I haven't played for three months? Yeah, and then go back and do his accent? Yeah, it's pretty full on. <laughs> but that was... I remember we talked about that to us. Like, we would do it when we could sort of find the time. Mm. But I'm thinking with the way our schedules line up to how the schedules line up with campaign one... That might be the way it goes. We'll do campaign, campaign episode, um, blank episode in the middle, like whatever comes first, and then embrace episode after that, so we can have two concurrent things. So there's like a good bit of content. I think that'll be really cool because we've sort of got like a good schedule between us three anyway. So mm-hmm. that's really cool. I'll I mean, enjoy that. But yeah. whoo, going back into that after. Going back into that after God knows how long. I'm gonna quickly turn this fan down because I realize I cranked it. But yeah, so tell me how it felt going back into that. Going back, so coming from escaping the city, coming back, finding the bandits strung up in the trees and stuff, because that's where the first episode ended. Mm. And then, you know, moving on, there was that really cool interaction at, right at the beginning where it's like, you know, I said, like, you guys have been going for so long, you're exhausted, everything was starting to hurt. And it really kicked off some, like, really cool role play. So, like, that, like tell me, how do you guys feel doing that? Um, I really enjoyed the embrace. <laughs> I was like, there was a big gap, but I was like, well, I hate you. <laughs> no, I like the embrace because, firstly, it's, it's super fun to role play when it's just one other person because when it's like a regular group, it's like, you know what? I can, there's a one in five or one in six, whatever chance that I can just sit back. Someone else will kind of do a a little story arc, dictate the pace uh, for a little bit. Um, 
but the embrace kind of um, <clears throat> keeps us on our toes, and it's super fun and interesting to play because it's it's just the two of us. And hey, guess what? If if Sky ain't talking, I've got I gotta talk. If I ain't talking, Sky's gotta talk. Um, we gotta we gotta keep a, a flow of story going somehow, and um, that 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 constant being on your toes. Um, creatively is so fun i love it i couldn't wait for it tonight honestly no i agree um i'm the same pot i i really like the fact that it's it it definitely challenges you on an rp stance because as soon as like if i look over and we're in a situation and i can see on marco's face that he's drawing a blank and he's all like and i'm like fuck that means it's all fucking and it's just like (laughs) the constant like we gotta be thinking we gotta be thinking we gotta be role playing Mm. we gotta be bouncing off of each other and I always thought that a bigger group with role playing would be more challenging and it does pose its challenges especially when everyone wants a a turn or a bit Yeah. but I gotta say in terms of thinking on the ball less people has been way more challenging I feel like I feel like what, what that gets to me is it's like, how do I explain? You feel a little bit more like the constraints of time feel more real mm. when there's two of you. Oh, yeah. Like that interaction, the interaction with the soldiers and the burning building and like the people inside and all that sort of stuff. There was like a solid like minute and a bit where like you guys were scrambling to find a plan. And it, I, I was like, <laughs> I got these motherfuckers. And like I'm sure we'll we'll go back to you. We'll kind of go through the episode bit by bit. Definitely kind of break down how we how we felt about it. But like, there's just times where, you know, even though you're a, uh, finger quotes main character, you know, I kind of had to sit back and, you know, there was honestly like without wordsmithing something and just really like reaching, um, you know, I was I was just happy to sit back and and let Sky do her magic. Um, literally and metaphorically, um, <laughs> let, let her work her magic. Um, to like you know get Water us out of that situation. On the side of the table. <laughs> I just have to get these components ready. I <laughs> <laughs> of Newton, wing of bat. <laughs> Does anybody have a diamond? <laughs> you, you, oh, you find it. You find a diamond on a dead body. <laughs> You rip it off. Hey, that's my mom's. I need this. You cast a cone of cold or some shit. Like, Tell her thanks, kid. <laughs> thanks, kid. God damn it, Mark. Um, that's so funny. Fuck. But yeah, like that's um, and it's definitely like a a trust thing. That's why I love working, and I say working because it's a job. Um, with Sky, it's because I know that um. She's always going to have my back in those kind of situations, which is fun. Um, Whoa, sorry. I didn't mean for that to get launched across the table. Die the beholder. (laughs) This this D20 just said, fuck work and left. (laughs) Jesus. But yeah, that's, um, I love watching the dynamic. I like, like being the DM. It's like what we're mentioning off mic when we went to get dinner, when we went to go get dinner. It's like writing the story. I can only write the story so far. And like I showed you guys before, there was like at least 15 pages of stuff that I had that just went out the window because, because how I think you guys are going to interact doesn't end up being the way because, you know, D and D is an RNG, it's RNG, it's random numbers. So if you fuck something up, 
your brain instantly snap locks to I can try this and then mm-hmm. it's like no matter how hard I plan I can't plan for that and then it ends up just being something completely different and I love it it was awesome I can't wait for the embrace alternate reality playthrough we do what if where, yeah, the what <laughs> if essentially where we um, do, we, do you know what we should do we should we should swap characters and go down a different path and play through the campaign again <laughs> yes Hey, you might just have to play different characters and fix the fuck up, you know? Ah. <laughs> Content. Yeah, I'm keeping pins and everything. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got little fingers and lots of little pies. I can't wait to replay it as like a little goblin man. <laughs> oh my God. Like a little the, goblin the, go, the godfather man. still has me creeps. I was talking about it the other day. God damn it. Hey, I'm not going to if you're but, going as a little goblin man, I'm going as like an oversized Goliath. Yes, a big oh Goliath God. lady. Yes. And we're hey, watch partners where in crime and partners in real life. I have and by that shackles I mean... where I like shackle your ankle and your wrist together and I carry you around like a handbag. <laughs> oh, yes, but you can also use that and you can throw me at enemies. <laughs> Don't touch my purse! Yeah! <laughs> I don't know you! <laughs> God damn it. God dang it, Bobby! I don't know what a JPEG is. All I want is a picture of a god dang hot dog. I love when they, I love when they get that and they bit crunch it. Yeah. And like, Do I know what a JPEG is? Oh god, <laughs> so fried. I love it. Anyway, it's um, so fried. The embrace chapter two. Chapter two. Yeah. So let's. What's this episode going to be called? Do you have a little, an idea? Um, of... I don't know yet because the first episode I always knew I wanted to be I wanted to be called the king and all his men because yes, I was like yes. it's just that, I thought that was a cool little thing because it's like we dived into that how like there was this very young he's very egotistical and all that sort of stuff but I'm actually unsure about at this point of recording this I'm actually which is directly after we record the episode I'm unsure about what I'm going to call it. Do another mm. Shrek callback. How about you shut up? <laughs> Anyone episode two on the road again? And that was—it's not even a Shrek callback. On it was the road a, again. It was the song before Shrek. Jesus. Yeah, but Shrek made that song. No, he didn't. Yeah, <laughs> that song was big. I'm pretty sure that song was way big with most of white America before Shrek. Okay, got I'm gonna to type it. in "on the road again" and just search it into Google. Okay, yeah, Willie Nelson's pretty popular. <laughs> Oh, look at that. Goddamn Willie Nelson. How far down do I have to go to find a Shrek? <laughs> Point being made. Point being made. So, take me through what was happening up in the think tanks. Following through. So, from episode one to episode two, seeing the bodies. There was a point where it was like, Sky, it almost looked like you were going to cry. Because it's like you just got so I'm into the like de- get into it, channel it. It's like well, yeah, but tell me what, what, like what's how's that, how's that like, what's going through, what's going through y'all's head as your characters seeing what you've seen and then progressing down and it's like we have to keep going, we have to keep going, you know we can't be late. Oh, Fazina, like. It's nothing like she's seen before. Nothing she's been exposed to before. It's a... For her, it'd be a physically sickening sight. Um, It's... it's, I... Coming back after so long and, like, sort of playing Dawn in a more intermittent sort of area between them, I really had to, like, remember that Xena 
wouldn't have vibed with that scene whatsoever, whereas Dawn probably would have been a lot more indifferent. So I had to remember to not give an indifferent response. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. It definitely uh, fucked her up. It rocked her shit. Like, she wasn't, she wasn't dealing with it at all. She just wanted to be away from it. And to be honest, she, prob- she felt like a massive idiot because she really didn't think that the king would actually do something like that. Yeah, like a like a child with a lot of toys. And he's kinda yeah. went kinda went Can't wait tits up pretty bad. Hmm. What are you, Marco? What, what's Um I had to go back into this episode and just kind of like um remember how, how Peter's mental state was. Um because although like he kinda came off as a bumbling fool in episode one especially in like social interactions especially i kind of wanted him to wanted to paint him as this um under pressure is where he really shines and so like that was like what was i kind of going for slowly like building towards and so i want him to be um like a man of a man of action um like when it's when it's a down to like the wire and he has to think quick that's when he comes up with his best uh ideas but when it comes to the long game, like slow, drawn out, like think really like before you speak. That's that's really his his weak point. So I had to kind of put myself back into that. Um, hmm. The mentality of like, he's an action guy. He's an action guy. Yeah. yeah. He's not a... Action man! He's a do now, ask questions later um, kind of fellow. Um, and yeah, like just like not playing him in a while just like took me a second just like put myself back in that, that. snap back into it mm, yeah but you know as soon as you you know that that failed drama kid in me um stepped into that role <laughs> i became him and he became me we are one we are but one and the same mm. i love that so um the wolf interaction was one that I definitely wanted to have for you guys because I wanted I wanted it to be, you know, because following directly after that, with the interaction where you guys had to sleep, I thought that was like... Because I remember in the first episode, I remember Xena said something on the... You said something on the lines where it's like she had been up at like 6 a.m., like the crack of dawn, like trying to get everything ready, and Peter was more nonchalant about it, mm. but you were not long behind her getting to that point where it was so late in the night where it's like you guys just hadn't stopped all day i'm sitting there thinking to myself i was like this will be this will be a thing that happens like you guys will have to rest at some point and i actually i'm not gonna lie i actually expected you guys to keep going just out of like sheer force of will like just the tenacity be like now fuck this (laughs) it's just gonna keep going i actually didn't think you guys were gonna stop i put it there as like a Oh, maybe they will. Well, well, I don't think so. We'll see what happens. And you guys shocked me again. But I definitely, I had that wolf, that wolf interaction on the back burner to sort of hammer home where it's like, just because you guys are on a job, the real world doesn't stop. Mm. Like yeah. you're, in a, you're in a position where it's like, right now, everything around you doesn't want you there. Alec obviously didn't want you there. The king's kind of fed up and like, you know, like he doesn't, I think he doesn't like being questioned all that sort of stuff. It's like even outside of the walls, even though you're still trying to accomplish something good, like the rest of the world doesn't really take notice of what you're trying to do. 
which is really fun. But that brings me to what I really want to talk about, <laughs> which was the Barry incident. Wait, wait, before we get to the Barry incident, before we get to the Barry incident, I wanted to go back to the wolf encounter. Oh, I just wanted to give myself props because from where I was sitting and the way Cody had his laptop, and you'll hear it in the episode, I asked him to move his laptop because I could see the the D&D Beyond wolf like the picture the wolf like character sheet essentially and i was like god damn we're gonna get attacked by wolves i'm like and if we rest we're definitely gonna get attacked by wolves but then i had to stop myself from being like yeah just before we go down for a rest i want to use my 50 feet of hemp and rope and set up a trap and a couple of snares around with some meat from the dead bodies just in case something tries to eat us in the night and just be like Peter, go to sleep. You know? So I'm like, I appreciate I'm that. like, how would I play this? Go to sleep. <laughs> I, I You're a good man. A, I, I appreciate you being a good man. Um, if you definitely would have, like, cut one of the bodies down or, like, try, attempted to get something <laughs> off them, I would have absolutely made you do a con save for, like, vomiting your guts out. That's okay. My that would have so... been gnarly. My, other than, like, I think I did, like, two... Um, like persuasion or deception checks. All my rolls today were trash. Yeah. Your charisma ones came through though on clutch. Like yeah. Like a good portion of your charisma ones. There was a nat 20 in there for something. What was that? Yeah. Uh, perception? I think it was perception. I'm trying to remember which one it was now. It was, it was literally an hour ago and I can't remember mm. what it is. It was for some. I think it might have been perception, yeah. Yeah, we were like walking through the crowd. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, right. Because you yeah. got the nat and I got and the And you were picking up, you were picking up, um, what they were talking about, all the people were talking yes, about. Yes, that's yeah. right. But yes, the Barry incident. The Barry incident. So I actually can't recall if we said on mic in the first episode or the back chat that you were allergic to good berries. But I saw you like, I'm going to pop the berry. I'm like, <laughs> oh no. Like, Is she doing some kind of spell with berries? Because I know I was going through my spells the other day, just like random spells on D&D Beyond. I know there was some way you can use berries or like small fruits. As like, I think that was the same spell that Jack used. Yeah, you know, that that thorn bomb bramble like, thing. I'm like, what's she doing with a good berry? And then I looked down at my notes, the embrace notes, and I'm like, allergic to good berries. I was like, oh my god, you're allergic to good berries. <laughs> you're so crazy. This might work. I'm like, fuck. That was um. Why? <laughs> that was a bit why. That was such good thinking, though. <laughs> I panicked, and I was all like. Oh, I know. I know. If I was standing guarding a door and someone came up and they were like an anaphylactic shock, my damn ass would be all like, "Oh my god, you need a hospital." There's Look, one inside. I, I don't could... think I could have made you roll for it, honestly. And then Mark, I had it covered. And me what? <laughs> You're like, "Damn it, she's dying. She's gonna die. Please, God." Oh, God, it was... was, I'm sitting there watching this whole interaction and I'm like, I can't make them roll for it. It's just too funny. (laughs) (laughs) It went roll best, didn't it? But that was... um, That was fantastic. The interaction, the the role play that you guys did with um, the young soldier was also something that I really enjoyed watching. I was like, this is really cool. Like, seeing you guys really get into, like, the meat of, Mm -hmm. like, using your... Like, your abilities as actors i guess like characters it's really fun to watch i really like that as soon as like one of us sees where the other one's going 
we were like on the ball straight away. Like we know exactly what we're gonna do, exactly how we're gonna act and talk. I know what we're gonna do today. I like how there's like the the almost like pretty much like ninety percent of the time like smooth handoff, whilst also maintaining the fact that Peter is a, is much more charismatic than Zena, mm-hmm. and we still get that smooth transition even when Zena is like you can actively see she's not normally used to thinking on the fly mm-hmm. and talking. And being just awkward about it, but then Peter comes yeah. in and like it's always like polishing a turd. Mm. He just like <laughs> comes in and makes whatever Zena's doing. He attempts to like do collateral and cleans it up. It was it's so much it's so much fun because, and I don't think I can really reiterate this enough. But it's like your characters, as we discussed, like off my even before episode one, they're young adults. They're not like full adults. They're still you know like just out of teenagers being like into then like 19 maybe 20 and it's like you guys don't know but you you have an idea of like what is expected of you but you're still struggling to find the best dynamic for that and that's why i think we liked the way we built i like the way we built the characters where it's like xena is like the really book smart one but like peter is throw him in a pit with a with a big rock and he will fight the other guy with a big rock and he's quick on his feet yeah, exactly. And it balances out this weird dynamic really well. But the thing is, though, like, we... I, maybe I just can't remember, but we didn't really plan that. No. no. It just, just kind of It just kind of happened. Yeah. Like, no. that's just the yeah. characters we made, and yeah. it just worked perfectly. Yeah. Like, there's, there's... There's clashing in all the right areas, but there's never clashing with the similarities in our mm. personalities, which is really good. It's like the only reason we clash is because we don't really uh, maybe fully comprehend what the other person is doing. Um, but, you know, we, we do have an appreciation for it because it's we something still that try we to can't make it do. Work, yeah. yeah, it's almost like if we fused, we'd make the perfect being. And that's, yeah. but that's, like, that's like natural progression as human beings. <laughs> <laughs> Fusion, huh? There's, that's, that's like natural progression of human beings. Like you can have a perfect example of like people think it's weird that like me and my brother just know... Like, my brother and I have that weird thing where it's like one of us will start a Simpsons quote and the other one will finish it at the other end of the house. The twin sense. The twin sense, yeah. But you can literally be a carbon copy of, like, someone, like, as a twin or, as a, in my case, a brother, but you still don't know their brain 100%, mm. which is it's the natural progression of human nature. Like, it's what we do as people. So I think, watching it, I'm like, oh, it's perfect. It's perfect. Perfect. I love it. I love it. But... Getting into the city, and mm. then this interaction with this young guy, this young soldier, and then you know learning the details about the lockdown and them taking prisoners, all that sort of stuff. Tell me what you guys were thinking then. I thought, and I I didn't think that, and I, even though he said it, like it must have skipped over my brain. I didn't think that it was gonna be. A public execution when we got to it, <laughs> you know. I thought we were just. You gonna, like that? <laughs> you like that? Yeah. I'm an inkling. <laughs> I thought we were just gonna get there, and it was gonna be like we sneak into the warehouse and we. <laughs> Sorry, I just flung something across the room. That's fine. There's another. <laughs> um, we get there, and it was just gonna be like we sneak into the building, we find the leader of the resistance, and we, you know, we we break him out. Caress um, Gooch. I don't know. Whatever you do to resistance leaders. I'm not practiced at this. 
Uh, anyway, I was speaking, Sky. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was like, oh god, like they're going full like, like internment camp, like burn them all, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. The Mad King, burn them all. Yeah, I had no idea what getting back into the city was going to be like. I didn't realize it was going to be like martial law had broken out into the streets and stuff that it was going to be like tactical espionage. <laughs> tactical quotation marks. I mean, Zeno is tactical. <laughs> <laughs> I think I literally rolled like a three or something. It was like an eight or something oh stupid. Oh, man. Oh, man. But yeah. Okay, okay, little Miss Morality. Tell me about how you felt when you found out that was happening. I mean, I was like, I was stressing both as a player and like Xena as a character as well, because as soon as soon as you said that they were all piled into the one building, I was all like, ah, oh, that that's it, they're gone. They're it's just going to be a mass execution. As soon as you said they were gathering them up. There's not, there's very few reasons why people do that, and like my maybe they were just having a party, <laughs> lockout. Um, <laughs> but as soon as soon as you said that he like did a little like a fire to the door, I like your I'm, face dropped. Immediately, I had like a little egg timer in my head, and it was like only thirty seconds had been put on it. I was like. Fuck, 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 fuck. Because I knew that the fuck, like, I whenever there's fire, it's gonna spread quickly, and like. And you just don't like this guy. I I oh, love I love how badly. Like, I don't know if it carries for Peter as much, like, or you as a character, Marco. But I love watching how mad Sky gets, and because I when I said the coach pulled out. And this character started walking down the stairs. You were the first one that I looked to, and you looked so mad. I was like, she wants to hit me right now. Good. I'm just, I'm more thinking in my head of like when you're doing that about how like impressed I am. Like I love your character of the um like the advisor. He sounds like um the bad guy from like a Die Hard movie. <laughs> I was a bit you know, like Hans Gruber. <laughs> like, I sentenced them to death. To death. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes I decide I think about channeling uh, Flew Leborg. Hey? So I was doing Zawakis in the parks. Have you seen? He's a comedian. I'll show you. It's very funny. But anyway, um, oh, there was just something. There's something. Look, to, to quickly tangent off. Considering I made, I finalized the character for him, for Alec, the night of, like the day of us recording the first episode. And mm-hmm. he was actually meant to sound like Alan Rickman, but like Harry Potter's Alan Rickman, yeah. like with a very nasally English. But I ended up giving that voice to the butler, as I said in the last back chat. And I was like, oh, I'll make him German. That's cool because one of my favorite bad guys from Critical Role is um, Trent Ickathon, which is Caleb Widogast's like big bad guy. And he's sort of German because in Critical Role, they've got like an accent that sounds like German, Zemnian. And I was like, there's just something so cool about it when someone speaks calmly and they have that weird mm. twing to their voice. The one thing I was super happy about was the fact that I got to read off that note because I was like, that just sounds like, that's so ominous and evil. Uh, and then you, you lit the note on, the note just combusted yeah. and just disappeared into Because yeah, the issue was like, fireball out. But that was, that's so, it sounds, it sounds so dickish, but it's good to be bad. <laughs> I, enjoy, I enjoy it so much. I was just like a lot, and a lot that was going through my head at that point as well was like, 
Where's the king, bruh? Bruh. Also th- I Bruh. also that crossed my mind for a hot second as well because when you when you said the carriage pulled up, I was expecting like maybe the advisor, but I was expecting the king because mm. I like thought this is his handy way. And do you know what? I think Cody wanted us to think that because if you go back and listen to the episode, he goes, "The advisor steps out, and no one else, just the advisor by himself, by himself, the advisor." You know, <laughs> I feel like he made a point. To get across that the king wasn't there, so guys, Marco's pulling a gun out under the table. <laughs> Write him out of the story. Um, <laughs> um, do it now. So, I mean, I guess we'll we'll see where that goes. But my guess right now, and I don't want any spoilers, Cody. No, I'm. Si- I don't want you. No, he's turning his laptop towards right now. He's giving me all the spoilers. I don't want them. <laughs> Stop it. I'm guessing. No. Just like a pure guess. Am I allowed to do this? Go hard. I'm guessing... Because you know what the funny thing is? is the f- this is the future. I can just change it. You just change it. You're like, hmm, he's guessed it. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just change it. Or my idea is great up. and you adapt it. <laughs> I subtly and slowly just put the laptop closed. But sure, now we guess. Um, I want to see what you say. I want to say that the king was already dead when we got dismissed from the kingdom. That's, that's my guess. Is that you know where I was thinking that was going to go, but okay. Oh, really? <laughs> Jesus. Um, that the king is already dead, and that's why like a martial law is kind of in place. And that, like, I kind of like The that advisor change. is using the faux or fake assassination of the king to declare martial law and use that to, to really just set in stone like the justifying the murder of these rebels. Dang, that's it. I like that hot take. That that honest. that's that's very cool for a hot take. Uh, like it's a warm take. That's huh? not that's not where I was. That's not where I actually intended your thought trail to go. And like so, like on record, I I'm not gonna be like, oh yeah, that's not what happened, and then fucking use it like six episodes later. <laughs> I I have a very different plan. But the thing that keeps happening for me is like I think I can plan enough ahead for you guys to like have a good idea of like all these things I want to do, do, <laughs> and. It just goes out the window and I have to like now the next episode, the next episode is just me writing up about this fucking chase sequence. Mm. Like rather you guys running away, getting out of the building. What would run me through that fucking thing? Just like, I'm going to pick her up and run through the door. Like, um, like to get into the building. Like I understand character wise why you did it, but like take me through that thought process of like, this has got to work. Like To be honest, I I had that in my brain. Um, and it's like, that's like the best part is like, while Sky's doing her thing, Zena's doing her thing, I get to kind of like shoot my brain off in that, those kind of tangents. Like, if this happens, this I can do this. If this happens, I can do that. Um, I feel it's like a V8 starting up. Kind of. Um, I'm like a I'm like a dragster, you know. It's like you might have me in the first ten meters, but after that, baby, ain't nothing catching me. Um, um, and then you press the stop recording button, and the parachute shoots out. I'm like, <laughs> like a cheetah when a cheetah stops running, and like all the lactic acid builds up, and they like can't walk for a little bit. I I picture more of like when someone tries to outrun the cops and gets tasered, mm. and their body instantly seizes, and they just hit the deck. I mean, we're slowly degrading me from dragster to guy getting tased. But okay, we'll take it. Um, a shocking oh, personality. Oh, you grew up on the good side of the hood, huh? <laughs> oh, I just got pepper sprayed. I didn't get tased. <laughs> um, oh, fuck. 
But yeah, I had that in, I had that in my head, and I was like, if I can, if I can just find out what the plan is. Are you okay, Sky? It's just that phrase he said keeps replaying. I go pip it. Oh, I just got. I just got pip it. It's the wheeze for me. You know what I'm saying? Like the human body surely can't intake that much oxygen. <laughs> Where's it all going? Like I won't lie, God, it gets she's a bit hard to breathe. Bright she red. In. She's sucking in all that oxygen when she laughs. <laughs> Are you proud of yourself? I'm so happy. <laughs> like if I can do this once a recording session, I'm happy. Mark Marco thrives off like Sky's cry happy tears. Like it's my goal. Um, but yes, yeah. Um, and I and I think like because I I pre thought that I'd like I'd I'd like to think that um, that was kind of Peter thinking for a change, not really on his feet, but uh, but thinking of it as well before it happened. As a, that's that's it. That's how we can get in. And, you know, kind of being a bit strategic with it. Um, but, yeah, as soon as I kind of got, like, not really the order, but, like, the vibe, I, I straight up asked, asked Zena. I said, like, are we going in? Do you want to go in? That inter- that interaction, do you trust me? Probably the best 15 seconds of role play for that whole episode. Watching it, and, like, I, like, like, you guys listening to it, I hope you like it, but, like, watching it in the room. Beautiful. Can't wait to get cameras in here. Beautiful. Um, but yeah, and then I was because I already had it planned. I was like, I'm gonna grab her. I'm gonna just run. You know, I know I can pull it off. It was just kind of like the more getting into the building part. That was that was like I was like, oh, <laughs> brain goes blank. I'm glad that you like thought of something because like. But you, like, asking that question, like, do you want to go in? It was like like my brain Do you was, want in? Yeah. yeah. Like, it was, like, scattered in a million pieces. And then as soon as you asked me the definitive question, do you want to go in, it was like my brain unscattered. And I was like, oh, this is a simple yes or no question. The answer is mm-hmm. yes. And then you just basically did all the hard work <laughs> to then get us in. And I was like, mucho gusto. That's what I am. I'm like, Me gusta. <laughs> I'm your arcane focus, but for real life. That's tight. <laughs> That's fucking hot, woman, homie. <laughs> That's deep, bro. I never thought about it like that. Damn, you just rolled a nat 20 to fill my heart with love. <laughs> um, but yeah, that I was, I was, I was super proud of, like, um... Role playing that I was, I was actually it's like watching happy. my kids walk. It's great. Mm, I was super happy with a lot of the role play that we did tonight, and like I feel like, although we do get great role playing elements, I went over this before. We get great role playing elements in the in the campaign and stuff. Oh, um, yeah, that's such great to watch. Just being the the two of us here and just the two of us really giving each other. A, Sorry, I can't help myself. A space to like shine and. And just um, play out exactly what we're thinking. You know, it's, it's so fun. Honestly, I think it it's everything that... It's something that everyone should try, rather. Um, is, like, break away from your main group and just kind of do... Kind of slow it down a bit. And try and get more in, into role-playing. Because, um, if anything, as, as much as it is enjoyable, I think it helps out with, with how you play D&D as well. 
it uh, makes you makes you think a lot. Yes. Oh yeah. I agree. Mm. The smaller, the smaller groups, a smaller group builds better into character interactions. I find because you're not separating as much. And I noticed that as a as a creator and as a consumer of Dungeons and Dragons, like like media, Critical Role prime example. Their campaign three right now was the first time where for a magnitude of episodes they had eight players at the table. That's so many. They had I know it's Ooh. crazy. They had Robbie Damon who was part of EXU, which was the filler season between season two and season three. Um, he was playing uh, their bard in that one, and. He, Robbie Damon, from considering he never played D and D before properly, um, before EXU, as far as I'm aware, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, he was so good at it, and then watching their interactions, like an eight player group, the role plays awesome. How do they? How do they do it? Like, how do you? Because I'm I'm trying to write up like a story for people in like a different group, and there's seven of them. There's seven people who want to play that that gym game, and I'm just like. How do I make, like, uh, story-wise, it's fine because it's a one-shot that only has to last four hours because they're first time playing. Um, I'm fine with story stuff because they can't really derail because I'm going to keep them on the rails. But it's like, how do you not make seven turns of combat go for 50 years? Like, how do you make eight players in combat? Like, do they do they just get straight to the point? Like, It's... Uh, critical role is... And I put it up to, I put it down to the fact that Matt Matthew Mercer as a DM just understands his world so well, and like the way he preps his notes and stuff, like he just has something for everything. And even the instances where he talks about how he just pulls it out of his ass, he's just so good at it. So I think that's probably that's just like you know fifteen to twenty years of playing D and D just mm-hmm. coming out in him and always homebrewing and writing his own things. But I feel. I've yet to see a group of Dungeons and Dragons players where in instances like that, where they're spanning across the city or in a town, everyone stays together in a group. You guys are literally a prime example. Everyone sort of had a good idea of what they wanted to do because the trick with introductory adventures, I find, is there's there's the common thing that brings everyone together and then there's opening a window so that you have access to get in and out of the story. So as an example in campaign one, where you guys get to the city of Grey Fog, it's like you've been given a window of opportunity for about five hours where you can sort of just sightsee and do whatever you mm. want. But then you have to come back to meet up with Wyatt and go off like that. So I've yet to ever see a group of more than like three players or four players where people split up, don't mm. split up into groups. And I think the trick is as long as you've got a pretty vague idea of what's happening somewhere else on that side of town, if the player doesn't give you a lead right off the bat, you can just make it up on the fly. Like I always knew that I was going to, I, I, I fucking just know Jack so well. I knew Jack was going to go do the cinnamon quest thing. Mm-hmm. So I made up the little, the, the little, the uh, the, 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 the donut vendor lady, thing, yeah. which I actually, um, I actually, uh, detailed her after my, yeah, yeah, who passed away last year. I slipped that in cause she used to love to cook. So I love nice. that. I was like, yeah, yeah, I can be a donut lady. That's I think she'd like that. So, so yeah, yeah, I was in there. Um, but Dean threw me a bone. He's like, oh, I want to go find a blacksmith. Easy. I already had a blacksmith character, the this, the extremely Aussie dwarf. 
I had him on the back burner. So I was like, sweet as I can bring him in now. Mm. You, when, when you guys asked about the church, I was like, well, that one sort of writes itself because I've already got the church laid out with where they are in the country. Mm. So that was like, I was like, oh, easy, throw a bone. I didn't think that you were going to do what you were going to do with, <laughs> oh, I guess this is a pretty big back chat episode. We can probably dive into campaign one, episode two anyway. I didn't think you were going to do what you were going to do with the medallion. Mm. But the point that I'm getting at is just have enough info that if they go on a tangent, you can just fill it in as you go. Yeah. That's what I think. And that's other DMs are probably like, no, I must build the entire city from the ground up. Like they probably, there's probably a dude out there that's got a fucking binder of one city in his game. It's me. I'm that dude. (laughs) Oh my god, I was wondering what that binder was he was always carrying arounds. It's where I have all of my small Why buildings. is there so much Dragonborn porn in there? <laughs> oh, fucking wrong binder. Do you think that... God damn you both. For example, if we, if we like uh, Hall of Fame these characters, you know, we come back to them, we continue to play with them, expand on them for like ages and ages and ages like concurrently yeah concurrently do you think as we become like you know best friends and like a real team a real party do you think the splitting up will become less of a thing and do you think we're more likely to just all be like what is the part what do you guys want to do like let's all go do something together or do you reckon the breaking up and um exploring stuff separately is still going to be like a big thing kind of it's always going to be like a honestly that comes mm. down Without sounding lazy, that comes down to what your characters want what and what you want as characters. You know what I mean? At this point in time... Well, like, would you expect it? Yeah, actually, I would. Because the beauty of the game, the beauty of the game is you know the character inside and out because you wrote the character. But you also know what that, what that character is going to latch onto. You also know what that character is going to feel, how they're going to feel and what they would do in times of duress or times of great stress and all that sort of stuff. You know what I mean? Mm. So like, I'm not going to lie. When, when we mentioned the church in episode one, I, I genuinely thought I was like, it's going to go one of two ways. Henrik will latch on and want to go, or he'll try and avoid it at all costs. There wasn't an in-between for me. I don't think. And that's because I think mm. I know the character well enough, but you might, you might shock <laughs> me. You know what I mean? Episode three might roll around. You might have a lovely old chat and a cup of tea with old fella. You know, I don't know what's going to happen. You'll find out what next happens week. next. <laughs> I'm going to... Moida. I'm going <laughs> to redact it. <laughs> Mr. Blank. Um, God damn it. But, but no, yeah. Let's see where that goes. It's just... It's just I, I honestly think that's something that happens with a lot of games. And it's like... Mm. They're the splitting up. Sometimes splitting up is necessary. Sometimes splitting up is ill-advised, but you figure it out as you go. Mm. It's very one foot in front of the other type of thing. And as a D, as a DM, I have to be wary for that. You know I think I mean? splitting up, um, especially like uh, taking combat out of the picture, when it comes to just sort of like generalized RPing, I always find with a big of a group, splitting up for those moments... Um, and sort of just pinging between the perspectives serves for a uh, nice, more focused, niche, intimate moments between certain characters. Yeah. Because you do spend a lot... You, you will spend a majority of the time where you have to divide the time of who's speaking and what's being focused on between five players. Whereas when you say, like, 
the party splits up. We will follow Dawn and um, Avatus as they go to the cinnamon, uh, you know, store. Like the donut stand, yeah. Yeah, it'll it gives an opportunity um, for the for the story to sort of just focus on that for a small amount of time. Yeah, and there's no, and you can truly get into it and focus because realistically, there's no reason for anyone else to be really interjecting with that. They're not present. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right. I um. I hundred percent agree. That's actually. That's. I want to put a pin in that because I think I want to come back to speaking more about like, you know, the aspect of storytelling into like interpersonal relationships and stuff. But I guess the last thing I want to do to cover off, as far as the embrace episode two, because I think we actually did, like I think we covered a fair bit of it up to like where you guys got to the crowd and got into the church. The last thing I want to know is. What's what's your thoughts right now that you've escaped with people alive that were destined, that were like, you know, sentenced to death? And, you know, what's your expectations for the next episode? Like, what do you think? I'm pulling my pants. I pull your pants. I pull my pants. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think... I think that... And, like, without even, like, thinking about it too much, I think that... I think, but without thinking about it. <laughs> I, I, I think, I think, I think, I, I think that Peter and Zena, although they won this little victory, I think it's like a, like, tried so hard and got so far, but in the end it doesn't even matter. Like A red herring. Kind of, but like, I think they're going to wish that they were able to do more in the moment. Like, yeah. we got out with, 19, with 19 people out of 67 and it's like gosh damn i think i think the next episode's going to be dealing with a lot of and i haven't even put any thought into this so it might not even go that way to be honest i'll see how i feel in the moment um dealing with a lot of internal kind of conflict and like decision making on a grander scale that they haven't had to deal with a lot and so like that's why that's where i think it's going to go at least i can see i can see what you mean like even not even like being the dm like as a player being completely blank i get what you mean mm. it's like man we really threw a monkey wrench into like the machinations of i mean we just big... i mean although it's like it was already like teetering on a tabletop we just flipped the whole table of the socio-economic environment of an entire city you know um like we just we started a revolution. <laughs> we've, we've, we've pretty much become the heads of a resistance group that's fighting against the entire city and one of the most powerful people in the land. And we were just sent here for, for one job. Well, two jobs, really. But, like, we've gotten ourselves mixed up in this. And we think I think there's... Zena and Peter have um, kind of like a, a commitment to it now where they have to kind of finish what they've started they can't just and it'll be easy enough for them to just leave and just um, go back into like the safety of the embrace and just like report what's happened but i think they're they're so far into it now that they um that they have to to see it through and i think a lot of the the stuff that we're gonna have to deal with is is how do they deal with this added pressure or this new pressure or, or whatever's happening inside of their brains um now that like Everything's just gone haywire. I like that. I like that. 
you know, I, I agree. I definitely reckon there's going to be um, a lot of reassessment and a lot of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like coming to terms with the new reality they've created for mm. themselves because it went from, for them, it went from being a simple last-minute decision of, fuck it, we'll just ditch the carriage. Mm. We'll go back and we'll fix this problem. We'll slap a Band-Aid on it. We're the fucking embrace. And then, like, you, you walk through, there's dead bodies hanging up everywhere. We we get in there after nearly dying of anaphylactic shock. And yeah, then, we. Uh, <laughs> what is this, we? You speaking French, my guy? <laughs> we. I am. We, we, baguette. And then, on top of that, basically, you know, the people that have been deemed a part of the revolution have been herded up like chickens for slaughter. Mm. And it's like a Chrissy Teigen meme where she's like, <laughs> "Yikes!" Yeah, and now I feel like the council has awarded you one singular yike. <laughs> <laughs> I really feel like the beginning of like next episode is going to be coming to terms with the new reality they've given themselves. Because, like, going from the decision we made and then you showing us the prep, it was, it was not meant to be this way. <laughs> 15 pages. <laughs> God damn it. It is just 15 pages of God damn it because you're in you. Uh, I've, I thought I had it. I thought I had it. That's fine. Repurpose it. That, well, I'll, I'll give you a little bit. With the crowd at the building... The interaction that I had planned was I legitimately believed that you would right then and there try to do something to stop it or like maybe, I don't know, maybe make a move at Alec or maybe try and run through the crowd to stop the building from lighting on fire. And that whole thing was you guys were just going to get, you had, I literally would roll, I think I had noted like eight or nine like strength checks with advantage to grapple you and you guys would just get dogpiled like neo and agent smith from the matrix mm. yeah. like it was like you guys would have been manhandled and arrested that's what i had and you guys completely turned it toint it upside down i'm like fuck now i gotta work this around too and it's like man this whole like socioeconomic landscape is just going to shit huh <laughs> man oh. those carriage prices huh <laughs> long night mate <laughs> The price of carrots to feed your horses. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, it's going crazy. But yeah, episode, I, I'm definitely in the mood where it's like, I'm definitely in the point now where it's like, I'm in, I'm reinvigorated to follow this more closely. So it's no extra work for me. Like writing, creative writing is my thing. So I'm going to write, I'll write two campaigns concurrent mm-hmm. to each other. It doesn't bother me whatsoever. So I'm definitely down to follow more about that. I don't know about you guys. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Mm. let's go, e. let's go, <laughs> please no, <laughs> he points to his hat and says let's go, but yeah, you know what, with all that, because that was pretty easy to cover, I think we got into that pretty good, Um, I think we'll end this back chat here, and we will, uh, we will continue more of it, on the Patreon, so if you want to hear the rest of that, definitely um, subscribe to the Patreon here. You can get access to the bonus episodes, the Discord. Uh, we're working on merchandise. We're going to put up some new shorts, mm. hopefully. I love the little shorts. The little shorts. It's going to be it's going to be great. But um, yeah, I think we can end this episode here. 
Um, if you want to hear the rest of the chat, uh, go subscribe to our Patreon. But I think for this episode, or this back chat rather, that is going to be Cody, Marco, and Sky signing off. You guys have a lovely night. Bye. Ta-da.